Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode from Setting the Tone. This one is proudly brought to our sponsor, the Guitar Ninja Academy. Today's episode is a real special one. Find out because I'll be telling you more after the intro. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode. As you may have heard me say in the intro, today is a special episode and the reason why it's such a special episode is um, back a, few, a couple of weeks ago, I, Rob, who runs Setting the Same Podcast, was at a download festival and back around live music, seeing bands, um, doing press uh, for the first time with Setting the Tone, which I very proudly built as a podcast um, and bring to you guys. But not one of the things that I stumbled across at Download was um, a charity called Safe Gigs for Women and it means quite a lot to me at the moment um, this particular topic and the reason why it means a lot is for far too long um, whether it be kind of uh, a cultural thing or a cultural generation thing um, that young uh, whether it be young women women um, young teenage girls have been attending shows whether it be festivals or concerts and if, you know, some have unfortunately um, come across some sort of abuse, whether that be um, sexual abuse, uh, whether that be um, some comments made, whatever it may be, it's been enough to make that particular um, person feel uncomfortable and, you know, might have deterred them from going to a show. Um, so I went to Safe Gigs for Women and had a little chat to one of the volunteers there and asked, you know, is anyone available to come onto the show and, and talk about this particular topic, talk about safety for women um, and what they do and how people can support. Um, and I was recently joined by Mel, who is one of the volunteers um, for safety for women on the show, who was um, very lovely and gave me um, some of her time to talk about such topics. So um, there is no fancy songs to play or anything like that. We'll be going straight into the interview with Mel from Safety for Women. Um, and just to reiterate, um, all the links for Safe Geeks for Women and Set in the Tone will go up on Set in Tone's Facebook page, which is Set in Tone UK podcast on Facebook and same on Instagram. The handle is STTUK podcast. Um, stick around because that interview with Mel is coming right next. Um, hope you enjoy. So, guys, welcome Mel to Set in the Tone. Mel, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to join us on Set in the Tone. Thank you. Um, Mel, the reason why I approached you guys was um, I was recently at Download Festival after a two-year-long break of the festival not being <laughs> around, and um, I saw Safe Geeks for Women um, had a tent, and it's something that I kind of feel quite passionate about at the moment because it's a subject that is creeping up a lot more than it should be, than I'd like to see it. Um, so hence the reason why I would like I want to invite you onto the show um, to discuss a bit about the the charity and um, and what's going on and what what could be done and what people can do to support. So um, if we start off by saying, how did Safe Geeks for Women start? Sure. Um, so Tracy, who I believe you met at Download, is our founder. Um, she was sadly sexually assaulted at a gig in Cardiff in 2015. And so she, uh, I mean, her first reaction was generally just to not go to gigs anymore, but then she got really angry. Um, and she started uh, Safe Geeks Women sort of as a Twitter project as a way uh, for women to sort of anonymously kind of share their stories of, of sexual assaults and sexual violence that's happened to them at sort of live music events. 
Um, from there, uh, various people then sort of invited her to be at merch um, and talk to people at their gigs, sort of uh, Barry Dolan from Oxygen Thief was certainly one of the first ones. And then um, Frank Turner had us out uh, on a whole run of shows uh, on, on his tour. Um, and and it kind of took off from there. People started really resonating with the message. Um, we began to work uh, with uh, other charities. So um, the Music Venue Trust has a venues day every year in which we have a table and we speak to venue owners there. Um, we've uh, done a lot of work with the Independent Association of Festivals um, and lots of other sort of music industry groups as well. Um, you saw us at Download uh, because Festival Republic has been kind enough to have us at some of their very big festivals, Reading, Leeds, Download, um, Isle of Wight, we were at as well. So we were quite grateful to Festival Republic for having us, us there too. So um, we also had a two-year break, uh, like the, less, the rest <laughs> of live music. Um, and we are now just sort of gearing up to go back, sort of uh, to get back to where we were say it uh february of of 2020 when when the world kind of went dark so i think it's really important that someone as big as festival republic and some of the apps that you've mentioned have clearly put their hands up and they're acknowledging that this is such a key <laughs> issue right now in in the industry um what roughly is the percentage man of do we know of people that are reporting um abuse cases at the moment um, I don't have those figures to hand. Okay. Uh, I could get them for you. There's a, um, there is a, uh, an academic who's done that work um, and she has done that work. I do know that. So for example, sort of generally speaking, sort of, you know, eight to 20% of women um, and uh, sort of 12% of men have experienced some sort of sexual violence generally. I know um, that sort of prior to 2016, uh, there were sort of eight rapes just uh, running in Leeds uh, that were reported. And remember that, that most sexual violence and sexual assault is not reported. And when you look at, also when you look at um, statistics, you know, the, the big terrible things that happen are your statistics, but we also talk about things that are not big and terrible um, and not life-changing terrible, I guess, um, but they do sort of deter women uh, and people who present as women from, from wanting to come to live music events, wanting to enjoy the show. So, um, you know, catcalling, um, you know, unwanted touching or groping in a crowd, um, that sort of stuff as well. Like you're not going to get a lot of statistics about that, but it very much does happen. And it very, very much does detract from the live music experience for people who present as women. And so we, we work on, on all sides of the spectrum and not just on the very horrific and terrible things that happen. No, that's fine. It was something that um, my wife experienced at this time. It wasn't don't get me wrong, it wasn't that bad. And thankfully, she's a 32-year-old woman that can brush it off. But um, we we're walking back from the uh, media to our car to put some things away. Um, and yeah. there was a, a festival go. It might have been drunk, might have been, you know, on other substances and made an inappropriate yeah. comment like something like, oh, you look, um, you look good, sexy. And like yeah. I say, my wife's, my wife's pretty resilient. She brushed <laughs> it off. But like, 
the fear I said, I said, if that had been maybe uh, a younger lady or, you know, someone a bit more vulnerable, they, they, that could have really intimidated me. You know, he wasn't necessarily aggressive or, you know, no threats of violence. But like I say, it's these sort of behaviours that can really mm-hmm. affect girls. And every, the music is there for everybody to be enjoyed, no matter what your sexual orientation, your race, right. your colour, what gender, whatever. It's there for everybody and everyone has the right to feel safe. I think it's the key message from, from me and I think everyone in general. Yeah. In terms of support from yourselves, if someone came up to you and reported um, a case, and hopefully there's not many, touch wood, um, what do you guys offer mm-hmm. in terms of support? Sure. So we're always happy if someone comes to us and says something has happened we're always happy to offer you know a cup of tea and, and a pile of tissues and a, a hug if that's wanted obviously we yeah. don't um but it's it's really important to, to understand that when someone has been a victim of or a survivor rather of, of sexual violence um their autonomy has been taken away from them and so it's really important to give someone who comes to you and says particularly if the incident is quite fresh you know um it's happened an hour two hours in the immediate sort of vicinity um to give them that choice as to what they want to do next um south london rape crisis did a really good class for us and that's something that's always kind of stuck with me um you know so without sort of overwhelming them with choices I, I will say to someone, and, and people have come to me at various tabling events and said, oh, you know, something's happened. You know, what would you, how can I help you? What what does, what does you know, help look like to you right now? Do you want to go to security? Do you want me to call the police? Do you want just a quiet place to sit? Um, you know, you don't have to make any decisions right now, but but what does help look like to you? Because I think it's really important if um, someone who presents as a woman has had their bodily autonomy taken away from them, that you try to give it back like, as quickly as mm-hmm. possible. So the answer of, oh, well, call the police immediately. I mean, that, that sounds like the right thing to do. And certainly, um, you know, depending on circumstances and things that are going on, I, you know, it, it may be, maybe something that that the, the survivor decides to do. But in in reality, you know, it's it's that person's choice as to how they want to react. And if they just want, you know, and obviously as as I discussed before, there's sort of a range of things that can occur. If they just want somewhere quiet to sit, maybe that's our event tent, you know, like we had it download. Maybe that's you know uh, one of us, a volunteer, maybe walking them over. We have a little business card also that we carry around because we are not counselors. We're not trained for that. That's not what we do. Um, but we do have a little business card, and it has a variety of sort of support numbers. So you know, do you want to come to someone right now? Samaritans, um, Survivors UK. If it's if it's a person who presents as male, um, you know, uh, rape, various rape crisis numbers and that kind of thing you know, I'll, I'll give you my phone. Do you want to call, do you want to talk to someone right now? Do you want to take this card away with you and speak to someone later? Like, it's just, that's that's generally how we train our volunteers. And that's how I've reacted um, when someone's come to me in the early days before I knew better, I would be rushing to get, you know, security or, or the police involved. Yeah. But it was really eye-opening to sort of speak to the, the lovely people at South London Rape Crisis and to understand how to give someone their autonomy back. I think that's really key because you're, you're right. My, I guess, lack of understanding would have been straight away to jump up and down going, oh, my God, this has happened. What, let's get immediate help. And 
you're right just give that person the options and let them decide what they need to do i think it's really key so thank you mel for that Um, in terms of people taking uh i wouldn't say well i guess ownership i think everyone you know especially the the male community attending shows have Mm -hmm. got uh, a right what shall i say right or an obligation probably is a better word to if they see it call it out you know enough's Mm -hmm. enough in my book what can people do? do is it do we think that some of those people are not calling out because they feel maybe um, unsafe themselves? They're not sure how to report it as a male or? Sure. sure. So um, this is this goes to the heart of what we do as an organization when we stand across the table um, at a festival. And you may have spoken to Tracy about this or some one of our download volunteers about mm-hmm. this when you were there. Um, so the first thing we what I say to men in particular is don't hit somebody. Violence is not the key. The other thing that I say is that you you try to help the person in the situation. The first thing is if you feel comfortable doing it, maybe you can go up to that person and and give them an opportunity to to get away like a distraction. You might. Um, my favorite trick is to walk up to someone uh, someone who presents as female and say, oh, you know, I've got a tampon. You asked me for that earlier. I've got it in my in my bag, but my bag, I left it somewhere. Can you go away with me and get that? Um, you know, worst case scenario, somebody's going to just go, I don't know you from Adam and I've never asked you for anything. But, you know, better to risk being a little bit embarrassed. Another good trick is, um, oh, God, I mean, I'm too old to make this work, but for someone younger, you know, we went to school together. I'm sure we went to school together. Can I get you a drink? Do you want a drink? Come on, man, let's go. You're focusing your attention on the person who's having the problem, not your attention on the person who's causing the problem. Now, if you don't feel comfortable with that, as you say, because maybe you're male and you feel like you might bring some maybe violent energy to the situation, not because um, you, the, the royal you, uh, you know, would personally punch somebody, but because, you know, men sometimes take that the wrong way yeah. um delegate um you know see if if your partner or your female friend feels comfortable maybe talk them through the scenario that i just mentioned um security bar staff if you're in a venue um welfare tent uh you know us at safe kicks women if we have a table maybe come in and ask one of us for help so that's another way um that you can help someone who's who clearly looks like they're not having an issue Uh, like they're having an issue i mean obviously if the situation is is severe and dire 999 if at all possible like don't try to solve a problem that looks really dangerous or really emergent right um but those are those are some clear ways that you can help somebody no some good tips there now thank you i think what i'm noticing more is that when um acts of show say abuse or violence happening whether it's direct to females or males security at venues at the moment are quite hot on it and quite keen to get that person ejected out and rightly so out the venue yeah i mean I, I see that i also see security go the other way and and i find and, and so look i am not anti-show security at all mm-hmm. i am finding uh, that post-pandemic when i've been to shows the security people, because you, if you go to a lot of gigs in, in a general area, you get to know security. You see them all the time. They yeah. generally work for someone like Showset or someone like that. I'm seeing all new faces. So people have left the industry who have a lot of that experience, no one to butt in and no one to let it go. Um, and so I find the the quality of services, you know, through no fault of both the security person and the security provider. Um, through no fault of theirs just because everything stopped for two years and now obviously 
in the same way that the airlines are struggling to get back going. You know, I think that some of the traditional security providers are also struggling to get back going. So, but, you know, obviously if you need them, go get them. But I just, that's just my personal experience sort of post pandemic that um, I don't see the same familiar faces at say Chalk Brighton, which is my local venue or Green Door store. Um, and I find that the security that are there have only been doing it a very short time. So no, that's a fair point. I, I think that's mm-hmm. a valid point to think of. I didn't kind of think of that for two years. We have kind of haven't got the same people that were doing it. So, yeah, no, I, I agree yeah. with that. I suppose. Um, what can we do in terms of education? I don't know whether or not, if it's more of a social media um, issue as well, that a lot of males feel that they are entitled to touch or say inappropriate things to, to women. Sure. Um, sure. Is, is it an educational piece that we can try and put messages out on social I, media, I, do you think? I think it is. And I know that um, the AAF, the Association of Independent Festivals, has done a big push this year for, for education. And you'll see that sort of all over Twitter and all over Facebook. I think that some of it, I think some of it is generational. You know, I went to my first show in 1982. I was 13 years old. I went to see Eddie Money at a racetrack um, and uh, a man patted me on the bum and I didn't think anything about it because that's kind of what society was like. Yeah. Um, I think... So I think some of it's generational. I think it is a bit of an educational piece. So we talk about one of the things that I like to talk about is, you know, when you walk through a crowd and you've got a drink in your hand, you know, and you it's loud and you do need to sort of make a physical contact with someone to let them know that you're behind and you need to get back to your friends. Mm-hmm. Invariably, I get touched on my bum, right? But my, my husband, my male friends uh, get touched on their shoulder, right? So it's that it's that sort of I don't want to say it's entitlement, although for some for some men it obviously is, but that's not that's not all men. But it's it really isn't all men. There's there's a spectrum of behavior. I think some of it is gendered uh, behavior that is generational. I think some of it is just learned behavior. It's okay to touch a woman on the bum to get her attention in a crowd so that you can move by. That's not sexual violence. That's not sexual assault. There's probably no intent to even be harassing, mm-hmm. but maybe it gets old, you know? Um, and, and that's, yeah, social media plays a, plays a part, but I think particularly in the last two years with Gina Martin's upskirting campaign uh, where she was successful in getting a law changed um, with all the good work the AF has done. You know, I've been on the BBC. I've been on Sky News. In the post-Me Too era, I think everybody knows Right. Um, I also find that the crowd, you know, and sometimes it relates to the to the sort of crowd that that artist attracts and and no shade on the artist. Like they don't have any control over that. Um, I know artists who are stridently sort of pro women at their shows and yet their crowds are sort of generally trash, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So, yeah, social media is maybe the answer. Maybe it's not. um, But I just think. I often say that I would like to see this sort of behavior become as unacceptable as smoking indoors. So if you think about when smoking bans came in, there was all this, oh, you know, we all know about it and some of us don't like it. And, you know, and it's kind of been like that with the Me Too movement. And then you get to the point where, you know, uh, you would go to some some pubs and people would be like furtively smoking in the corner because the landlord mm-hmm. didn't care. <laughs> you know, you, you must remember that sort of time. Yeah. yeah. But now, if you lit up in a pub, it would be like, 
what are you doing? You know, yeah. um, and I would like, I would like these sort of, I, I would like sort of sexual violence to be like that, sexual assault, um, harassment. I would like it to be like that. I would like for if a guy were to, you know, grab a girl on the bum or, or her breasts um, in, in, a, in a very way that we've all seen happen in crowds, for the whole crowd to just kind of turn to them and go, <gasps> in the same way that you would if he lit up a cigarette in the right and down, right? So that's, that's what I would like to see. That's fair. I think one of the things that strikes me as really odd is that when we were young kids, we were taught to um, be nice to one another and kind mm -hmm. and... And that kind of feels like that loses its way in adult life. And I'm not saying we should all hold mm -hmm. hands every day of the week because I appreciate we don't always get on, but yeah. there's certain things that just don't seem to apply anymore for some reason as we're adults. I mean, without becoming, without turning this into a political podcast, <laughs> I, I, I've seen it and, and I appreciate I'm a good deal. So I'm in my, I'm in my mid fifties and I have seen a trend away from kindness over the last, in society generally, from the time I was a teenager until now, behaviors that were once unacceptable in, in public life, shall we say, not just politicians, although that's part of it. Um, the internet, I remember when, when I first started to use the internet and we all thought that it was gonna be this, this magical place where we all shared things and you know open source software and all that kind of stuff. And now it's just a place where people shout at each other. Um, yeah. And I think that that, just generally has spilled over into everyday life and things mm -hmm. that your racist uncle used to say or your sexist uncle used to say and the whole family went, oh. um, you know, everybody's sexist uncle has now found each other and made it socially acceptable to say yeah. and do those things again. So you, um, you mentioned something really interesting about um, certain artists draw, potentially draw certain crowds. Um, mm -hmm. One of the questions I was going to ask was, do you think that the um, issues that we've got are certain necessarily genre-based? Like if it's a rock band no. or is it a pop? No, it's not. It's everywhere, isn't it? It doesn't matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's genre-based at all. And in fact, so we've had some criticism in the past. Um, there are certain artists that I won't name because I don't want to get sued um, who have acted unacceptably towards women. Um, I, I invite you to speak to the women at Solidarity Not Silence and have them on your podcast. Um, but uh, we, we can't afford to get sued as an organization, so I can't name names. But in no. any event, um, those artists will say be at a festival and we have been encouraged to then not be at that festival. But the point that, that I make and the point that we make as an organization is we should be at that festival even harder. Because if we know that we know that, you know, if an artist behaves a certain way, um, you think when you were a kid and your favorite artist did a thing and you thought that was like the coolest thing and that was the way to think and be, um, then we need to be in those crowds and saying to people and helping people, you know, learn to protect themselves by using bystander theory, which is what we teach over tables. Um, you know, I don't think it's genre-based. I don't necessarily even think it's artist-based. But I don't see that we need to not attend a, a, a festival or a gig just because that crowd or that artist has a bad reputation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, because 
I feel like we need to be there and demonstrating good behavior and demonstrating, okay, well, this is even more likely to occur here at this show. So we should very definitely be showing you how to look after yourselves rather than sitting at um, uh, a Frank Turner gig uh, where we've been lots and lots of times. And obviously we normally do last evenings and we love to work with Frank, but we also, there's an element of preaching to the choir after a while. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. There's only so many times you can give that same message to, to a certain well, people. And, and those people are largely receptive to hear it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been out with artists who are largely receptive to hear our message. Otherwise, they wouldn't obviously have them at our shows. But their crowds were not largely mm -hmm. re receptive to our message. Uh, you know, they tend to be skew older, skew more, more male, more, um, you know, I don't stereotype people, but you know, you know what I mean, sort of dad rock kind of the, the dad rock kind of stereotype. But, <laughs> yeah. but people also who, people of a certain age who um, this behavior was always okay and now all of a sudden it isn't and maybe they're kind of struggling to understand why. And maybe they feel a bit singled out or defensive when it's pointed out that the thing that they've always done has really never been acceptable and certainly isn't acceptable in 2022. No, that's valid. That's fine. Obviously, we've mentioned about what people can do to report um, violence and abuse um, at shows. Mm -hmm. What else can um, what else can people do other than just obviously calling out their friends, whether they see it online or yeah. is there is there any organisations that can report that to other than the police, Mel, on, online at all? Not organizations per, per se. The thing that we generally do is we encourage um, men and people who present as men to police their friends. So I find that I can I can give a message as a woman and a certain segment of the population will kind of roll their eyes and go, yeah, okay, well, she's a feminist, of course, you know. But it, it, it tends to be, and I've talked to my son about this, who's sort of in his mid-20s, you know, guys will will say something inappropriate, behave in an inappropriate way. And it generally only takes one guy to go, hey, mate, that's cool. Like, don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. that's cringe, dude. Like, please don't do that. And that's, that's, that is, I think, the sort of grassroots way to, to fix the problem. In terms of sort of someone you can report the behavior to, like if you're in a venue, um, by all means, go and try and find the venue manager, the venue owner, um, who will normally be there at a, at a small venue. Um, if you're somewhere like, you know, an academy, you know, see if you can find the manager or the head of security. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're at a big festival, obviously start at the welfare tent or um, the security tent. Um, I don't, you know, as I say, look, if it's quite serious, do involve the police, absolutely. At the time, at the moment, if you, if you see someone who's in serious danger, but yeah, there's this no sort of official body, I guess, that you would you would no. report to. You you mentioned something that really key to me about um, when you can give a speech and some men may or may not roll their eyes. What I want to put the message out there would be that this isn't about women trying to hit down on men and you know mm -hmm. paint everyone the same brush. But I appreciate that. I don't want to start that whole. Do you remember the obviously the Black Lives Matter thing where everyone went all lives matter. All lives matter, not I, all I, men. I, yeah, Hashtag I don't want all men. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that path. We all know that it's not every man, but we all need to be put in the same group. It's, everyone needs to be in this together. If we want to change it, it's all or nothing. And it's not going to work yeah. with 10% and 90% or whatever. Don't do it. 
yeah, that that's absolutely true. And I, I feel like that, that that level of change starts in the way that I mentioned that you kind of just, you know, um, you be the change that you want to see and you encourage your friends who wouldn't be your friends if they weren't cool people, you know. Also, I think I think a lot of what's lost in the discourse online is that people can change and grow. Um, a really good example of this is a mate of mine, Dave Giles. He's a musician and he is quite open about the fact that he used to be a bit sexist and that he used to didn't understand, not understand the problem and that he used to behave in a certain way, but that he's listened and he's learned and he's grown and he doesn't do that anymore. He has songs that he doesn't perform anymore because, you know, he's, he tells me that the lyrics kind of make him cringe, you know, um, people in this, I mean, cancel culture is not really a thing, no matter how much Daily Mail wants to think so. But um, I think that there is a certain unforgivingness in, in public discourse um, and the inability of people to say that, you know, I used to do a thing and I used to think that that thing was the thing to do, but now no, I no longer believe that. Um, and I think it's quite difficult, even in daily life now, to be able to, to be that person. And kudos, you know, to my mate Dave, who, who's quite open about it. Um, and kudos to anyone who can do it. And I just think the nuance in that discussion is gone. And I think it's quite sad because it's almost, it almost forces people to double down on terrible behavior. Right? Yeah. Agreed. Um, just to kind of finish off now, there's a couple of points I just wanted to get out there for everyone. Um, how can people join Safeguarding um, for Women? Is there a, a, any way- Okay, so can... sure. Like as a volunteer, like we can always use volunteers. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Volunteers are not all women and they're not all um, men and they're not all non-binary as so anybody of any gender or no gender is quite welcome. In fact, our um, one of our trustees is um, a cis man and one of our very best lead volunteers is also a cis man. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Um, you can find us on the web. Um, just type in Sidekicks Women into a, into a, into a search bar. Um, find us on Facebook. We are, we are very much looking for good volunteers. We tend to run classes in the festival off seasons. Um, so we did a spate of classes uh, sort of uh, January, February, March this year. Um, and we do them on Zoom, although we do also try to do them, you know, locally because I feel like it's good to meet people. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, if you want to get involved, absolutely get involved. Come in if you see us, if you're at Reading or Leeds or, or any of the festivals we're at or any of the shows that we're at. Um, can I say? No, I can't say. Sorry. There's a, there's a big tour that we're going to be doing, but I don't think it's public yet, so I need to be quiet about that. That's but um, in any event... But if, if, you know, if you see us across the table somewhere, go, hey, I want to get involved. Um, tweet us, hey, I want to get involved. You know, we're always looking for, for good, good volunteers. And it, it doesn't have to take over your life. Like we do have volunteers like me. We're an all volunteer organization. We all have day jobs. Nobody gets paid for this. The money that we collect, I think it's really important to say, gets us to the next gig, helps feed our volunteers along the way, pays their train fare. Um, you know, like with any merch, we, we sell t-shirts to raise money, but we got to buy those t-shirts first, mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing. So nobody's making a profit. Nobody's, nobody's taking any money off the top. None of us get paid. Um, so, but, and it doesn't have to consume your life. You can do, you know, uh, 
couple, three, four shows a year in your local area, you can volunteer and do a festival. And it's great fun because normally, you know, we have, we're not open every hour that God sends. We, we tend to like, like all the others, anybody who's been to a festival knows that the shops and that little area, uh, those things tend to close up at night and we tend to close up then. So, you know, um, yeah, if, if you're interested, come and check us out. If you, if you go to the class, um, to the volunteer class and you decide that's not for you, um, that's great. I guess the only point we need to make, and it's sad that we have to make it, um, Tracy named us in, in 2015, uh, Safe Gigs for Women. Um, and as a result, we've had some sort of anti-trans people kind of latch onto that, but that's absolutely not the case. Um, if you are anti-trans, please don't volunteer. We don't want you. Um, we don't, sorry, uh, we, we are fully inclusive of, you know, every, every gender and no gender. And I think that's important to say. No, that's absolutely fine. Obviously we want people that are committed to the cause and not there just to cause problems. Um, it's the last way I could put that. Awesome. Um, and just lastly, now, how can everyone support Safe Gigs for Women? Obviously you've mentioned about volunteering and you've mentioned the links, which I will happily post on Set and Tone's Facebook page. Um, in sure. the coming days is there anything that anyone else can do to support I mean we we've run we run fundraisers time to time normally they're just uh t-shirt sales and that kind of thing um you know drop a pound or two in our in our little charity but uh you know if even if you don't have any money and you don't you, you don't feel comfortable with that uh the best thing you can do to support us is just be the be an example person don't you know if you if you think that your behaviors if, if anything that i've said today or anything that you've read about what we do or heard about what we do has made you the royal you the non-gendered you feel like uh you know that makes me uncomfortable about my own behavior in the past stop that don't do it anymore and if you if you want to go a little further tell people I used to be this way, but then I listened and now I'm not. I think that that's probably the best and most important level of support that we can get is to try to do a little better in this space every day and make it more inclusive and, and a better place for everyone to be. Absolutely awesome. And do you know what, Mel, do you know what the best thing about that message? It's absolutely free. No one has to yeah. put their hands in their pockets. It's that's right. Awesome. That's no. right. That's great. Um, no, thank you very much for joining me on Set and Tone. I appreciate that. And mm -hmm. hopefully I can help spread the message a little bit. And, yeah, absolutely. you know, it's, as we said, things happen and people might not be aware if that's acceptable or not, but it's got to stop. It's not acceptable anymore. It's, it's long, long gone past that. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, look, if you, if you feel, if you wonder whether or not something is acceptable, maybe don't, right? If you're not sure, maybe don't. That's yeah. Yeah, it's simple yeah. enough, isn't it? Awesome. Cool. Um, hopefully catch you around at some festivals. There's still plenty yeah. left of the simmer. And um, yeah, look after yeah. yourself and we'll go from there. All right. Cheers. Cool. Thanks so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. No, not a problem, Mel. Thank you much for your time. Awesome. All right, cheers. Take Bye. care. Bye. Awesome. So that was um, the wonderful Mel from Safe Gigs for Women. Um, a massive shout out to her for her time. Once again, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode. Most importantly, um, this message is there to be heard and spread. Um, it's not acceptable anymore for abuse of any kind in modern day life. Um, if you wish to go and support Safe Gigs for Women, you can do so. I'll post their links on St. Tone's Facebook page. 
Um, you can find Set and Tone at Set and Tone Face um, Podcast UK on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is STT UK Podcast, um, and I'm sure that if you Google Safe Geeks Women, you'll find them in your Google search, and I'm sure to appear on this across everywhere there. Um, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, bye bye for now. I'm gonna go